Remember, remember, the 5th of November, today we are doing Viva Vendetta. <laughs> I don't know, I thought of that rhyme, now we're working on the pool. <laughs> that nice. was pretty cool, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, hi guys, Hello. Logan and Kevin here from Cinema Suitcase, and today, obviously, to, to remark this, uh, uh, obviously, the, uh, uh, if you're watching this, it's the 5th of November, and it's a Friday, so you know what that means, we're basically talking about this, so... Yeah, no, definitely, Viva Vendetta is a big movie for me, um, obviously a big comic book guy, so this is obviously... A really cool current book film for me and um, when we were busy earlier in the year when we were looking at the calendar and we were like busy playing out like what movies we're going to do and everything when I saw the 5th of November was on Friday I was like oh no we are definitely doing this doing this movie mm-hmm. you have to seize the opportunity man all right so just to quickly just to quickly give our stats this film was directed by James James McTeague I think that's how you pronounce his name McTeague uh, written written by L- L- both Lily and, L- and Lana Wachowski obviously the Wachowskis who worked mm-hmm. on the Matrix, the Matrix trilogy, uh, original original music by Dario Dario uh, Marinelli, Dario Marinelli, uh, cinematography by Adrian Adrian Biddle, and film editing by Martin Walsh. No, very nice. nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so do you want to start off with your backstory since yours will be shorter than mine? Sure, like. Um is it's Guy Fawkes, right? Guy, uh, Guy Fawkes, the original, the original uh, uh, anarchist guy. Mm. Yeah, no, I always liked his mask. But initially, I always knew about V for Vendetta. Everyone knows his symbolism as the anonymous mask. Yeah, I. That's how I knew about it. I knew V for Vendetta was a film, but I had no idea what it was about at all. Yeah, and uh, when you said fifth of November is a key date in the film, and we have to. Have it, have it out on that day. Release it on that day. I was like, yeah, this is a perfect time to sit down and watch V4 Vendetta. So I think I once saw it, not all of it, like the last fight scene, that shootout. I think I once saw that somewhere. I've seen it. But the rest of the film I hadn't seen, and I was glad to sit down and watch it with you. I yeah, it. yeah, definitely. That yeah. was pretty much my um, uh, introduction to the film. I knew it was a yeah. thing always, but until we had to do this episode never seen it <laughs> oh yeah well no one will blame you <laughs> yeah. yeah it is very it's a, not a bad film it's a niche film yeah it's a very niche film but uh, yeah so obviously me growing up with comic books and you know me and my dad both being big DC fans we obviously knew about this movie and everything every time you go into a comic book shop there's almost always a V for Vendetta graphic novel there for purchase there's actually a cool uh, uh, edition where almost every edition that you buy okay sometimes you just it's just a book or whatever so that's that's it um, but there's one edition of the book where you can, when you buy the book you also get the you also get the even the, the Gar Fox mask with it that's mint I would buy that yeah I, I've always wanted to buy it just so I can have the mask just so when I go on like Halloween parties or whatever I've got an easy costume I can put together <laughs> yeah no I get you that's mint but yeah but yeah this is pretty good um this is based. This movie is based on a graphic novel that was written by um, Alan Moore, and Alan Moore is obviously a very big, big person in the comic book industry. Mm, he, even I know his name. Yeah, he wrote famous graphic novels: Watchmen, V for Vendetta, uh, Batman Killing Joke. He did a very legendary run on uh, on uh, um, something. Mm-hmm. So, so this is so um, there was that, and uh, yeah, no, this is a, just a really, really great movie. Pretty much like almost like a British Batman movie. British Batman. Yeah, it is like British Batman kind of, but uh, but yeah, no, 
uh, V for Vendetta. It's you know a really big movie about fascism and about how you know uh, 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 you know how how bad it can get with these governments that they go out of control and everything like that. And there's just so many memorable quotes. I mean, not only just to remember, remember the fifth of November, but like you know, uh, 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 people should not fear their governments. The government should fear their people. Like it's just very, it's very, just very legendary and iconic. And yeah, it's become one of those. It's become one of the movies that I watch like basically uh, once a year. Well, usually on the fifth, usually on the fifth of November, but obviously we're watching this in October to repair so we can edit and everything. But um, but yeah, no, every year I basically watch this movie just once, once a year, just to kind of remind myself about it. And yeah, no, it's a it's a very legendary movie. Mm, it is very good. I like it. I I don't know what it's about. <laughs> I know what it's about, sort of. But there's a lot of intricacies and depth to it. Yeah. And I think if you pieced it together, I would logically click because yeah. yeah, you know, last night I was finished, dude. Yeah. I was, I was dead. Yeah. That's just how it goes. But if you want to give us a run by the story, then yeah. I can bounce off of you. Yeah. So we to start the story off, basically, we we open with uh, with basically like a, a news broadcast of this one anchor, and he's like this like very like you know one of those like right wing, very like uh, conservative, uh, very loud you know anchors that always go on about it. Their opinion about their opinions more important. And you didn't get my. You didn't get my opinion exactly. <laughs> Uh, and he's going on about how the American center for food supplies or whatever and he said oh you know we should go dump them in the river right now you know uh, 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 and he references like the Boston Tea Party I was going to say I think he referenced the Boston Tea Party he references the Boston Tea Party and everything like that and yeah and uh, yeah then we, we cut to Natalie Portman and she's obviously getting dressed because she's going she's going out basically to go meet someone and then she goes and then we, we also cut to this other mysterious figure putting on like his gloves yeah. and his boots and everything I like that montage and like, and like the mask they keep cutting between the two of them getting dressed and everything it already uh, draws a link to them before they yeah. even meet yeah and then basically she's walking out at night and then she runs into this guy and then the guy's a finger man which is basically like a, like a Gestapo secret police for the government good name yeah, the f- f- fingermen, and then he—they're basically arresting her, and they're basically like saying, like, "Oh, you know, you just threatened the fingermen officer. Officer, that, that means that we have the right to do whatever we want to you." Which so, is not true. Yeah, and basically, they're basically—they're going to, you know, like obviously get touchy with her, and then V shows up, and then V obviously, like, you know, beats the freaking hell out of these guys using kung fu. Uses his, he has like his like knobs and everything, like cuts the one guy so the guy's pants falls down, just punches them and knocks them out. <sighs> And then yeah, then he meets he meets um he meets uh uh Natalie Portman's character is Evie I think that's Evie. Her, yeah Evie that's her name, and the two of them have this very interesting conversation. He's like you know obviously like you know he, he's very fluent in English. Oh, I love he uses like this ye old English, ye old English language, and he speaks with sophistication. Mm. Obviously, because this is uh, played by um, Hugo Weaving. Yes, so wow. how do you spell that Weaving part? W e a v i n g. Oh, weaving. Weaving. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, played by Hugo Weaving, and uh, yeah, props to him though, because this is a basically a role where basically his face is covered the entire time. You never Ooh, see his face. I'm glad. There's that one bit towards the end when he when he meets with the meets with the detective, but like even and you can, and when you look at his like it like sort of like the sides of his face, you can tell that it's Hugo Weaving. But even then, like he's got this beard that covers most of his face. He's wearing a hat. He's got glasses. So. And he's like concealed in shadow a lot of the time. So props to actors who are actually willing to... Because, you know, the problem is, especially with big Hollywood stars, they're like, no, 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 they have to see my face. They have to see my face. They have to see... They have to see, they have to see the merchandise here. Exactly. And so he never lets up. I'm glad. Not even when he's, you know, dead. 
do they reveal his face? That I think would have upset a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. But then I think that plays into what he talks about because if you remember at the end he says he's an idea he's an idea Uh, so if you have a face that you look to of course that idea is shattered the idea is the mask because anyone can put it on anybody can put it on that's what I'm saying so I'm glad that he he accepted like no you're not you're not looking at my face because then the illusion is shattered exactly but uh, but yeah so basically he saves her then he invites her to a, a performance he's a he's a orchestra he's working with a whole orchestra I love that. and then and then uh, and then they're on top of the building they, they basically he blows up the bailey building he's got his like stick and he's just going like full conductor full conductor <laughs> like you know and they play the music of classic yeah it's very very cool i'm not sure who writes that piece but it is famous yeah famous yeah but uh, basically, uh, uh, and then we cut, we cut to, uh, we cut to this like secret room where where the, the prime minister or, or the high chancellor, which is the which is the, the main bad, which yeah. is the main bad guy. He has basically like this. The, it's very nineteen eighty four. This like giant screen that screen that he uh, uh, that he's on, and then he's got like the like the the head of the BTN, which is basically like basically the BBC. It's basically yeah. like obviously the, it's basically the BBC, but they couldn't say the BBC. Mm. But yeah, the head of the BBC, the head of the Fingermen, the the, the 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 one police detective, and then obviously like a guy who monitors phone calls and everything like that. And they all have like these like secret Gestapo meetings and everything. And they had that Creedy guy, that like the, army. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Creedy, oh. that that that's who Creedy is. He's oh. the head of the Fingermen. Oh, oh, is that sorry? Okay. He's like the head of the fingermen secret police type of thing I see. um and basically yeah they're basically saying like you know okay uh, 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 there was an explosion at the bailey what kind of cover story we've already prepared yes sir we've already prepared a cover story about how it was a it was a, a explosive test so a test or whatever we already have a bunch of experts lined up to say that you know it was the jets and everything like that and uh, yeah, basically they're just monitoring everything. And then there's a the one guy saying, "Yeah, this is eighty percent of phone calls. Four calls, phone calls last night were regarding the Bailey and everything like that." They're basically trying to police and just monitor and control everything. Yeah, that's how it goes. It's this very like you know fascist society, basically. Mm. I, I was I'm thinking through everything you've been saying and and going through the story while you were talking and. It's actually not very complex to understand in terms of story. Yeah, the pacing is very well Dude, done. Dude, it's basically like two sides, sides, sides against each other, which is yeah. any story. You have to have a, opposing forces, and it's the fascist, uh, right, fascist regime, government regime, um, and of course the people V and trying to start a bit of an uprising. Yeah, exactly. And then um, we cut to uh, obviously the, the police officer, the police. Uh, find out that Evie uh, met with V, and that she and that she obviously was with him the, with him on the night of the explosion. So they're trying to track her down, and she's busy working at the BTN. She's she's like a secretary or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Like a secretary. Uh, should we meet? We meet uh, Stephen Fra. But yeah, no, Stephen Fra. Love Stephen Fra. Always love Stephen Fra. Anything I love he's in. Too. Whether he's on a talk show, whether he, a talk show host on QR, whether he's QI. just acting in a movie, he's always just like, you know, so funny to be around. That's another movie he's in, besides V for Vendetta. Uh, oh, he's in The Hobbit. He's in The Hobbit? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's that mayor. I will say that. I will say that's the one role from him that I didn't actually like. Okay, I'll name another one. Uh, 
he was Minecraft, Minecraft Sherlock Holmes brother in the in the Sherlock Holmes movies with okay. uh, yeah, with the uh, Robert Downey Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nice. But yeah, Stephen Fry. So yeah, so Stephen Fry is like this. He, he's this. Uh, he he's this uh, other other talk show and a host anchor. Well, not really a news anchor. He's more like a talk show host guy. Mm, sort of like a because because they're the two that they're the two guys. There's there's the one anchor guy. who's obviously this far right. You know, like militant, militant type of dude, and then they got Stephen Fry. He's just the he's just the practical jokester type of guy. Trying to relieve the tension. Yeah, and then you. anyway, he was supposed to meet with Evie, but then he said like, "Oh, you know, that's the first time a woman's ever stood up, stood me up on a date or whatever." <laughs> and he said like, "Oh no, sorry, I got jumped by Fingerman, and I had to go back home and everything." And then um, yeah, basically, uh, uh, then V shows up, and then he basically like holds up. He holds up the the. Um, the like sort of like the newsroom where they sort of film news and everything like that uh he captures everybody there captures a security guard brings them all into that room obviously when they're not knowing noticing about it and then he comes on the he comes on the on the tv like a normal news anchor he's like i think it's time that we have uh, that we have a little chat a I very, like him. I'm glad he got in there. Yeah, very, very dry British wit humor type of thing. Yeah, no, I was, I was actually grateful, grateful. Like I enjoyed that aspect of V because the mask. If you see it at first, you thought he was going to be a very straight-faced, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, like doesn't smile, doesn't crack jokes, kind of guy. But he's yeah. like very um, explosive and quick-witted and fun. He's very quick-witted. He's got that dry British wits and everything. Yeah, Hugo Weaving plays this character perfectly. He does. Because uh, I've read the graphic novel. Okay, I've, gone, I've only read it once. It's been a while since I need to read it again. But uh, he's very much like V in the, in the graphic novel. He's very blank. He's this very like blank slate type of character. I mean, he does talk. He does talk a lot in the book. But in the book, he's very much like, he's very much, he's kind of like a loon kind of almost. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a loon and he uh, kind of just like babbles on and you're just kind of like, what are you babbling on about, man? But I feel like in the movie, they actually gave V much more of a personality mm. and they really like strengthened his character a lot more in the, in this movie and everything like that. But yeah, but anyway, then he, he, he goes on about how, you know, how the government, you know, you know, you went to the government because obviously you needed protection. You needed somebody to somebody to, uh, to run things for you. But now the government has taken over and all this stuff and stuff. And then that's when he um, he goes on about a bunch. And then he says that, you know, that um, remember, remember the 5th of November. And like, you know, join me one year from one year from today. And we will all storm parliament. Parliament. And, and there's nothing they could do to stop us and everything like that. And then, yeah, basically the broadcast ends and then... They're trying to get inside that uh, get inside the newsroom, and then we get a very cool scene where uh, they uh, they break open the door, but then uh, but then uh, uh, the room's covered in smoke because he's using their smoke machines, and then all of a sudden a bunch of people all dressed as V come out, which kind of which gave me which uh, gave me a lot of like Dark Knight vibes. Mm, but it was also a bit of foreshadowing of the crowd. Yeah, basically like a little bit of foreshadowing. But yeah, anyway, everybody is dressed up in V masks and V capes and everything, so the police don't know which one which one's who. And then eventually, uh, eventually, V's actually quite smart because the security guard guy that Evie talked to previously, he basically like puts a ball gag in his mouth so the guy so obviously he can't talk or whatever. And then, and then he walked in front of him and then like he falls over and he says, "Oh no, that's a terrorist! That's a terrorist!" And then when they open the mask and see like it's a security guard, and then he comes up and he starts beating the heck out of these guys. That was smooth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then anyway, we got our, we got our main two detectives. Obviously, there's the main detective, and there's obviously his partner. I like the main one. He seemed like a good the guy. The inspector, yeah. Mm, inspector, yeah. He yeah. seems like a good guy, morally. Yeah. I think, uh, almost, I was thinking about it uh, earlier. It's basically like, you know, 
uh, this is like a Batman comic almost because Alan Moore wrote this obviously he had Batman in mind when he was writing this comic book he's kind of like the Commissioner Gordon Mm. the Commissioner Gordon of this thing because he's like the one cop in like a corrupt cop police police force system and everything like that and uh, yeah and obviously um, V's obviously the vigilante and everything but yeah it's very cool then his partner they inspect his partner he gets the gun he obviously gets the uh, gets a gun on, on V and then V puts his hand up he's like I'm very surprised at the response time of London's finest everything like that and then Evie gets behind him and she like knocks her she like you know hits him and then he kind of turns around and punches her and then V knocks him out mm. and then he takes Evie with her because he's like okay now if, if I don't take her now she's going to be interrogated and murdered and everything like that by the fingermen and everything like that so yeah he saved her life in that moment basically yeah and then they wake up and then um she wakes up and then at first she's like freaking out because he's like you know she has to stay with him for a year because he can't risk to letting her out because you know they might get to her they might find his location or whatever mm-hmm. which makes sense he had to make that in the moment and, yeah and if you're so close to a game changer keeping her in a not really a prisoner but Keeping her in, in a, a safe place for a year against her will, maybe, is still a better option than risking losing everything. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, and then... Thankfully, she's open to the idea. She's not like, oh, you know... Well, at first she kind of freaks out, but then later course. she's kind of like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Mm. And then, yeah, then he makes he makes, uh, he makes uh, breakfast for her. He makes, like, this toast with, like, an egg on it. Everything like that. And then she eats it she thinks it's delicious and she says that oh you know why did you get these like eggs and butter and everything like that i've never had butter since i was a kid and she said he stole it from the from the 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 the, the breakfast shipment that goes to the the um the high chance there every morning because again it's planning that that fascist regime where they're restricting what what people can watch what people can eat and everything like that they're controlling everything you know, butter is banned in Britain. No one's allowed to use butter. But of course, the High Chancellor, he gets butter with his toasts every morning and everything mm. like that. Yeah. It makes sense because they just want to keep the good stuff for themselves. Yeah. So yeah, and then obviously um, uh, the story kind of plays along. The, the We sort of cut between... The, there's sort of like three main, main people that we cut between. There's the inspector, obviously him busy investigating and trying to find out what's going on. And um, we cut to Evie, obviously, you know, there's a lot of respect of her. Then we cut to V. So those are like kind of our three main characters that we, that we see the, that we see the film through. Mm. And um, uh, uh, the the inspector, he's investigating and he finds this place called Lark Hill, which is this old experimental facility that the government used to control or whatever, where V, we find out later where V is from. And then like, you know. Uh, 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 the records are like very limited and everything. And when he goes to the, he goes to, to the head of the, the, the archives or whatever and he says like Lark Hill Lark Hill I, I don't seem to recall that event <laughs> exactly you're welcome to review our records so then it's just like it's like your records are either omitted deleted or or, or just missing. Fr- or just missing yeah I love that line I was like yeah of course classic admin paperwork they yeah. they, they ruined the system again yeah basically oh. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot to go through because a lot happens in this film. I understood it, and as they sort of explain each and every plot point, it makes a very nice cohesive story. Um, so I didn't. It's not like I struggled to follow it. Yeah. It's just a lot to unpack. It's a lot to unpack and a lot, to, especially a lot to explain. Mm, yeah, to explain. I mean, they crammed a lot into that two hours. Yeah, like definitely. A lot more than um, just a normal movie. Yeah, exactly. Which I, I like. I'm glad they did, but yo, I was tired. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, eventually, uh, Evie basically she uh, 
uh, uh, she eventually says to V that I'm willing to help you and everything. I'm willing to help out in any way I can. And then uh, V basically he's slowly murdering peaky party members because there are people that all were involved involved in Lock Hill where he where he was experimented on and everything. There's that that ank- right wing anchor guy or whatever, and he kills him when he's in the shower. And then there's the there's the doctor. Uh, there's also a priest that he that he murders, and that's obviously when he needs Evie's help. Um, to get him alone, or yeah, because um, she's dressed obviously, obviously as an ex, as a little, as like an escort dressed as a little girl, very creepy. Yeah, no, that guy. A lot of social commentary about bishops and everything like that. Definitely, except with bishops as little boys. Uh huh. The choir boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Jana basically, uh, she gets alone with the bishop, and then she actually sells out V. She's actually like, yeah, yeah, I know. I was just trying to get away from him and everything like that, because she's still kind of. But she still kind of believes. She's still kind of brainwashed. She still kind of believes in the system and everything. She still thinks that V's a madman, even though that he's right. Yeah, of course. And then, yeah, basically. Um, Thankfully, that dude doesn't believe her. Yeah, he doesn't believe her, whatever. And then, like you know, uh, he tries to get on top of her, but obviously she like you know takes him off. And then V basically like you know kills him. And then uh, it's a, there's a very good line where like you know uh, 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 he's on his knees. And then V's V's there. Then he's like you know oh, please have mercy. He's like. Oh, I will not give you any mercy tonight, Bishop. <laughs> this is very, very, very good lines. He does have nice dialogue. I like his higher English. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of, like, that kind of etiquette and and type of talking. I yeah. Like it. I don't, I'm not that good at it in day-to-day speech, but I, I can understand what he's on about, which yeah. is nice, because most people are like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, so exactly. I'm glad he does it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, then then there's a whole there's a uh, before the, before they do that uh, there's that one film that's uh, V's favorite film, which is that which is that um, um, I forget the name of it. The Count of Monte Cristo. I think Count that's of Monte Cristo. Yes, I was trying yeah. to remember it the whole film we were watching, and I was like, oh, because they because they keep referencing that film over and over again. Exactly. Constantly, especially the final scene where it's like you know, can we come up find your own tree? And yeah, they have a lot of references to that movie. I think they were probably inspired by it. Obviously, because it's the musketeer and like you know the the man who fought against the, the system, system. Yeah, and everything say. like that. So obviously, V would be inspired by that. Mm, maybe even uh, copy over elements into his own scheme. I haven't seen Count of Monte Cristo, but yeah, I'm sure they share some similarities. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, V for, uh, basically, and then um, we sort of move on from there. Uh, we sort of move on from there. She she she. Uh, uh, gets away from V and then she basically goes back to goes to Stephen Fry's house and then the two of them are like busy uh, conversing and everything and then uh, she finds out she says that you know oh no you know if I stay here and they find me you know you're gonna be in a lot of trouble he's like my dear uh, 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 my dear if the government raided my house you'd be the least of my problems because we find out obviously that he is homosexual homosexual but obviously in this in this um, society homosexuals and like Muslims and everything they're not they are not like you know, allowed at all. Mm-hmm. Basically, all of the all of the people that all of the homosexuals that were that were in the country at the time were basically like captured and experimented on or killed or by the Gestapo and everything like that. So yeah, and then also we go into his like sort of like the secret room that he has and he has all of this art and everything like that. Similar similar to V, mm-hmm. where like you know he has like a lot of art and a lot of these paintings and everything like that because that's also something that's been that's been completely um. Uh, 
banned sort banned. of in the country mm-hmm. because everything has to be censored everything has to be government approved and all that type of stuff and i think it makes sense sorry i'll let you finish then i'll no, no, I was just going to say that the, and there's even that one painting that sort of mocks the Heart Chancellor mm-hmm. and then like, uh, uh, and then that obviously wasn't allowed. Never. And then Stephen Fry has it there and he's like, you know, she's like, oh, where'd you get this painting? He's like, it cost me a fortune, but every day it always makes, uh, every time when I'm having a bad day, it always cheers me up. <laughs> I like his honesty. Yeah. He's so happy about life. Yeah. I think with these kind of regimes, there'll always be people that like um have their own stash of what is not allowed yeah exactly always because um if you're gonna like people cannot be controlled forever you know people will start to find ways to break out it's inevitable they'll always find a way to to get what they want so i'm sure that there's more people than just v and stephen fry yeah that have these sorts of collections and hidden rooms yeah within that world we just never see them yeah exactly and then and then um, uh, he makes her the exact same breakfast that V did. V did mm-hmm. on the first morning. She says, oh, it's very strange. You made the exact same breakfast. It's like, yes, you know the, the secret now. I am V. Viva Revolution and everything. She's like, that's not funny. Yeah. And I, I also love that one line where... that coincidentally made the same food? I think it's, yeah, it's coincidental. I think so, because I was like, wow, really? I know it's not V, but I was still like, damn, is there some sort of correlation? But maybe they're trying to create... A, subconscious parallel between V and Stephen Fry as well. Yeah, exactly. Because Stephen Fry is basically the one person because when she said like, you know, when he was going on about the newscast, he said he was the only man who was talking sense because he obviously agrees with V and everything like that. Mm. And then um, there's even that um, uh, uh, what I was going to say now is that there was actually this one thing because later we found that uh, Stephen Fry, obviously he runs a talk show on the BTN or whatever, and it's supposed to be like a comedy, it's basically meant to be like a comedy talk show, yeah. and then he basically made this like skit where he made fun of the High Chancellor, and obviously the government does not like that, but beforehand she says like, you know, do you find, do you just find everything, you know, funny, that, you know, it's not funny and everything like that, and he says, only the things I care about. I like that line. I actually I do like that it. line, because he says, you know, I only make fun of the things I truly care about. Exactly. Yeah, which which I think is a very honest and very like you know interesting, you know, uh, line and everything like that, and then yeah, then basically uh, it's a nice way of saying he cares about how things are managed and who's in control without saying it like that. Yeah, and people's freedoms and all that type of stuff, and then yeah, basically and then um, uh, uh, the gov- the Gestapo men obviously come over to basically like say because uh, the, the high chance to watch that was like okay, buddy you're dead and it basically sends the gestapo to kill him and then uh evie hides under the bed and then there's actually a parallel because earlier we get evie's backstory about when she was a little girl her brother died died from this like airborne virus because it was this virus beforehand mm. that like put the country into turmoil and that's how they voted in this like very regimist government to control and everything um and then then we get flat, and then her parents, after the brother died, the parents were very like uh, anarchists and they were speaking out against it. And obviously, the Gestapo came for them. And then there's a uh, we get a flashback of her hiding under the bed as a little girl. And then her mother, like, you know, gets knocked down and her mother, like, looks at her under the bed and everything. And then we sort of get uh, another another flashback. And then there's sort of a correlation because then when Stephen Fry gets knocked down, he gets knocked down, he looks at her. Same visual style. It's the same visual style and everything mm, like that, which definitely. is a very good shot. I thought about it too. I was like, oh, she's going through this again but that maybe maybe that's part of her own transformation yeah i was gonna 
Sorry, um, you finished. No, I was gonna say um, that that is part of her is part of her transformation. Mm. It's kind of when she kind of realizes that's when she kind of because before she like sort of agrees with V, but she still thinks he's a terrorist and everything. But then after when Stephen Fry does, that's when she's like, okay, no, like we do need a revolution now mm. and everything. I don't think she thinks he's a terrorist. I think she's just afraid to be a player in something like that. Yeah, because obviously. You know, you know, these people come for you. Who knows what's going to happen to you when they take you away? Yeah. That kind of fear, it puts a lot of people off. Yeah. So I think she's just like, no, um, I don't really want to be involved. But when it happens again, it sort of like um, breaks you to rebuild you kind of thing. Yeah. So once she's broken, she's like, no, V, yeah. is, v is right. We need to. And I don't care what happens to me. For the greater good, I'm going to fully give in to this revolution. Yeah, she gets kidnapped and tortured then... The people who are torturing her, they're always covered in shadows, so you never actually see who it is that, that, that's torturing her. Um, and then we keep cutting back, because the thing is, every day when she's being tortured, she has she finds this little, like, toilet roll, of toilet paper, and it's got, like, this whole story by this previous inmate written down. And then every now and then we cut to, we cut to, avo- uh, uh, to this woman's laugh and everything, because it was this... Uh, it was this woman. She was uh, she was born, and she she you know obviously was a, uh, she was a lesbian, mm. and because of that, and because you know homosexuals are completely banned in banned in this regime, uh, she was obviously captured. Then she kind of goes through a whole life, and it's very depressing because like you know she was in uh, in high school. You know there was a girl that she liked, but then they were often often told like no, this is just a phase. You need to get out of it and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Then she you know. She uh, uh, the, then she met another girl who she came out to her parents with, and she needed her her her, her girlfriend support. girlfriend support to be there with her. Her parents basically kicked her out, and then yeah, then she basically was an actress. And then while while shooting a set of a film, she meets this other girl that like obviously she's like her soulmates or whatever. And then yeah, it's basically it's a very tragic tale. And she talks about how you know they were so happy together. They had this little flat, and then. But then the problem is when the new regime government came, they captured her girlfriend and then pretty soon they captured her. Then she was in the experimental... She was in the same facility that V was and she was like the cell next to him, basically. Mm, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, it was a very good story. And then even when... And then later it's revealed that V actually was the one who was torturing her because he was just... He was trying to test... He was trying to fully convert her to this revolution but also trying to see if she would actually give him up. Mm. But she never gives him up. Never, ever. And then when she even says like you know well, you know you should have this back because you clearly wrote it he's like I didn't write it that was that was real yeah it was genuine it I was genu- genuine I, and real um, I think like for me that whole backstory of the other lady yeah. and her her whole life basically is like the little ray of sunshine in the darkness almost yeah because she says you know like you know never give up hope and i love and even mm. though i've never met you will laugh it with you or joke with you i love you mm. yeah exactly and i think that's sort of the tipping point for um evie yeah because I, I was very confused with that part initially i was like why is this here why is this character relevant yeah but i think it it played into uh Evie's transformation. I keep wanting exactly. to say Eve because of yeah. Wally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now so. I get you. So, what's your uh, take on that? Because that's what I was saying earlier. That's the part that I didn't understand. Because she's even at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, the ending bit, because you see a lot of 
because a lot of character because because at the end you know obviously they storm parliament and then when the fireworks happen they all take off their masks and it's like this whole crowd of people and then and then people who who are who have been murdered previously in the film took also, off their masks and they were there I think that's more supposed to, I think that's just meant to be more symbolic metaphorical metaphorical and symbolic of like yeah, the revolution yeah. is here mm. and those people all those people that died they didn't die for nothing yeah they were there in spirit basically yeah basically okay yeah you're right yeah you're right that was towards the end when I was very dead but I'm glad that we got to discuss that and talk about it so she is in the ground yeah and but she still was hoping for the revolution. So yeah. that, probably so she could get on with her own life. You know? Yeah. Was that the point you wanted to bring up to mm. me earlier? Yeah, that's what I was unsure about was her backstory and origin of that woman. Because I was like, oh, I, I watched all of it. And I was like, are you going to come back in this movie as a point? Or... Yeah. No, but she didn't. Instead, I think she was part of Evie's transformation. Exactly, yeah. I enjoy the... Because they do the whole parallel thing like they did when they were getting dressed. Yeah. They do it again with like the, the reborn sequence when she's in the rain and e and V is in the fire. Yeah. You know, that whole ah, thing. That yeah. was epic. Um, so they draw a lot of, you know, um, similarities. Yeah, this film, was, this film was just masterfully done and very masterfully well, directed. Very well done. Definitely. Very, inspirational. Very, very inspirational. It's like very, very simple to follow, but also there's a lot of complexity to it yeah, because of how they did it. They took it. a very deep and complex graphic novel and like adapted it to film so, so well. Precise. It's yeah. awesome. I haven't read the graphic novel. You have. So yeah. I'm going off of your understanding yeah. of it, but I need to check it. And it's kind of the ironic part because Alan Moore, okay, well, Alan Moore, I mean, okay, he, he kind of went a bit, uh, okay, well, not, 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 not like, oh, I'm not going to say cuckoo, but he kind of went a bit, he went, he became very jaded and cynical, especially now he's very jaded and cynical. He hates DC Comics. Every time they do an adaption of any of his films, he, he instantly hates it and everything. And I'm kind of just like, dude, you need to like, just sit down and watch them and actually give these movies a chance. They're actually very good. Mm, so. And they've actually adapted your work very, very, they, uh, they've actually adapted his work very, very well into films and stuff like that but um but like yeah killing joke like killing joke and watchman as well watchman yeah yeah what about the new series i've heard people are like Ugh. what new series the watchman series oh the mini series i watched it. i thought it was very good i thought it was really good but i mean it that 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 that, that series it doesn't really adapt because the movie adapted the it was obviously a straight adaption of the of the book but the, the the series isn't really an adaption it's more like a sequel Oh. It's like the sequel to Watchmen that we never got, oh, I see. and it was very, it was very funny because the thing is, while that series was running, we got, got there was a comic book sequel to Watchmen called uh, called Doomsday Clock, and it like both of these running parallel. It's just like guys, and then we're just going like DC, come on, man, you guys are milking it too much now. Uh-huh. You guys are really milking this franchise. Oh, did that Doomsday Clock tie into the series? Or did oh, they no, sort of... no, no, no! It was sort of parallel because the comic book was meant to be Doomsday Clock was meant to be the comic book sequel to Watchmen, and the series was meant to be the series what oh, sequel so to Watchmen. They were, they were running at the same time, but they weren't related at all. Yeah, they weren't related at all. Okay, so it's like two different. It's like two completely different sequels. They to, probably kept the same on book. The hype. Yeah. They were like, okay, let's release both at once. You know, yeah. the the hardcore fans will definitely take both. Oh yeah. DC loves love. They love to mock Watchmen. Like good lord, they love to mock Watchmen. There was this uh, one uh, a time series. Uh, like my dad probably will watch this episode, so he'll probably be laughing when he watches this part. But there was this bit. Uh, there was a series that they did a while ago, uh, a few uh, many years ago, called Before Watchmen. 
and it was supposed to be like this prequel to Watchmen and everything like that and then my dad was initially interested he's like oh, okay well if it's like a mini series or whatever then yeah I'll collect it or whatever and then it turned out to be like no it's never just been one mini series as like a prequel to Watchmen it was basically like a, a bunch of tying books and like there was a book for each each of the Watchmen members and it was a whole bunch of other tying books and everything I remember my dad we went to the comic book shop to go pick up our comics one time my dad actually asked the comic book shop and I'm like yeah what about this before Watchmen series I'm actually interested and then he tells him like oh yeah it's this whole like all these tie and all these different miniseries you have to buy and my dad was just like no no thank you I'm okay like he, he bought a couple of them I think there was there was a couple of characters that he got he got the Silk Spectre book and um and I think he got there was another one that he bought but yeah basically just a sample just a sample but yeah no, there was a whole thing that they love Warner Bros loves DC and Warner Bros they love to, to, to milk Watchmen like, that's one of their biggest RPs. It's not part of the main DC universe, but anyway. But anyway, getting back to V Vendetta. Um, so, yeah, so basically, uh, 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 Evie leaves again, except now, obviously, she's, like, you know, pro, full pro-revolution. And the rest of the year kind of just plays out, basically, like, you know, they're still trying to find V, mm. but the government, obviously, is not... Is not um, is not uh, successful. successful at all. The inspector keeps trying to... The inspector is trying to do it, but he's under surveillance now. And they keep saying, like, you know, don't... don't d- Stop digging up, digging up shit. Oh, yeah, they're getting sick of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're sick of it and everything. And uh, V keeps going after his targets. And, uh, yeah, basically, the, uh, then eventually we just fast forward to... There's that one bit where there's that little girl... Because we keep cutting to... We cut, we cut to a bunch of different... Uh, people there's like this there's these people in a pub uh, oh, they, yes. there's people in the pub there's like two different families that they keep coming to because I want to show you the different people's perspectives as all the stuff is happening mm. and, and they, also their own like changing sides from being with the regime to to being with V yeah against it yeah and then there, there's this one family and they, there's this husband and wife and they have this little this little this daughter and she's this little girl with glasses and she completely believes in V V is kind of like a hero and everything like that and then uh, towards the end, V sends out these masks, obviously Gar Fox masks for everybody to wear. And then uh, uh, the little girl puts on the mask and she gets her cape and she goes around like a superhero. And she goes and spray paints. And then this fingerman, fingerman, obviously, because the Chancellor, he puts out this order, like basically anybody wearing those masks, execute them on sight. Like, I don't want to see any of these people. So this fingerman, he basically shoot, he shoots and kills this little girl, and then um, he's like standing there over her. And then you can sort of see there's a little bit of grits in his face, but anyway, obviously he's a fingerman, so he doesn't really care in the end. And then these like these people, these people from the neighborhood, all start coming towards him, and he's like got his badge, he's like fingerman, fingerman, don't 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 come there, don't come here. This is official business. And then, they but care. they don't care. They basically just like you know mob justice, mob justice on him. And then. Yeah, that basically, like, it's V's final before. Oh, V also, uh, Cretan, what his name is? Cretan, I think that's his name. Cretan? You know, the, 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 you know the guy that, like, the heart transfer shouts now towards the end? Uh, Creedy. Creedy, yeah, Creedy, yeah, Creedy, sorry. Not Cretan, Creedy. Uh, Cre- cool. uh, v, obviously, like, he, he uh, has a secret meeting with, uh, with uh, Cre- Creedy, and he says that, you know, that, come on, you, you had to have known that it was going to come down to you or the Heart Chancellor. Because mm. the thing is, you guys have not been able to catch me, and eventually the Heart Chancellor is going to point the finger at you and blame you for everything. So, and he said, he gives him a chalk. He says, you know, if you're interested, you know, uh, p- put a cross on your door with, with this chalk. And then, at first, Creedy's like, oh, whatever, man. But then, obviously, as the Heart Chancellor's, like, breathing down his neck and saying, like, you know, there's that one bit where, like, you know, but what... When they're having that secret meeting, they're like, yeah, but if, you know, and they're just like, if, yeah, if, 
the, the, the terrorist succeeds, what shall we do, sir? The only thing I'll be reading the next morning, instead of reading the morning newspaper, I'll be reading Mr. Creedy's resignation. Yeah, he really picks on him towards the end. He gets yeah, salty. He, gets, he picks on him towards the end. So Because the, the heart trance, he's always screaming and shouting at everybody. He's a good actor. That He plays he plays Elevander, doesn't he? In Harry Potter. He's the one salesman. I think it might be the guy. I, I haven't watched the first Harry Potter in a very long time. Um, he has different, like, facial hair, so I I could be wrong, but I think it's him. We should definitely check afterwards. Yeah. Um, but that guy, yeah, like, he's a phenomenal actor. He yeah, the high transfer actor, he's, he's he very good. I'm glad that he was made fun of, uh, the character, like, when he's on that parody Stephen Fry show. Yeah. Remember when they quickly changed the script? Yeah. And he, they make fun of him, because there's no better way to, like... Um, any any time you want to break power, you make fun of it. Yeah. Then they sort of get like self conscious. So the fact that he he put that out there for all the people to see that okay this this guy is not untouchable. You can make fun of him. They kind of brought him back down to earth. So I'm glad he was sort of helping the revolution on that front, but not yeah. not directly, but indirectly by, by like empowering the people. Yeah, exactly. Was clever. Yeah, it was very clever. But back to my point was uh, High Chancellor is a good actor. He was he's ideal a- for that role. He's a very good, good, good actor, but yeah. So basically, eventually, Creedy's like just fed up with this. So he, he crosses it. So him and V make a deal that basically, like you know, if if Creedy brings the Heart Chancellor to V, V will basically surrender. So uh, he, he and then obviously before that he meets with Evie one last time so they can have their their final dance because he he says like you know I just want to have one dance with you before I go. And then he shows it to he shows it to this um. This uh, this uh, uh, underground underground train, which that's rigged with explosives. But he basically says that this is my gift to you. You get to decide whether the whether the whether the explosive goes off tonight or not. Because mm-hmm. and he basically it's all like him saying like you know I'm giving I'm giving the power back to the people. Mm. It's not just it's not for me to decide. It's for the people to decide. Exactly. Either way, the people have already rallied. They've yeah. had enough of the regime. So the train is almost inconsequential. Yeah, it's, basically. It's um, it's symbolism. It's symbolism. Yeah. It's but sim- I think the if it did go off and it does it does. Uh, it's like icing on the cake. Yeah. Like a uh, final nail in the coffin for the revolution, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, there's basically this... Um, uh, uh, they're busy, like, you know... Uh, uh, v obviously goes to meet them. And then, obviously, he doesn't he doesn't kill the Heart Chancellor. He like, say, he, like, obviously says, like, oh, I've waited this long time. And he says, I'm going to give you one last, what, one last gift to you. And he just puts a rose. He puts a rose in his in his jacket because every time he kills somebody he always leaves a rose that flower, yeah. so he's basically just like you know and mr creedy then mr creedy shoots and kills the chancellor and then the creedy's obviously and then creedy's obviously like you know like you know surrender and he's like no and he basically just says oh you've got is your knives and your your fancy karate <laughs> so then they all they all basically fire on 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 v, v but v doesn't go down and then, like, everyone's, like, shocked. And then, then we get the really cool, like, nah, fart sequence yeah. where he's going around and just taking down these guys one oh, by one. Mm-hmm. That was very cool. That was mint. I enjoyed that. I'm, I like the sort of trail effect left as he swings the knife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those are cool. I don't know how they did that. I thought initially it was, like, this effect called echo effect, but it can't be. Yeah. So I have to research. But I thought it was a nice element of having that slow-mo fight and then the trail yeah. of his knife where it's being left yeah uh, i thought that was but um this movie was actually written by the wachowskis who who obviously worked on the matrix films and you can see that the, and when, I, when you watch that scene kind of like yeah this is definitely something the wachowskis would have written mm. i have like this kung fu sequence Hardcore and everything thing, uh, definitely 
like that and yeah i know he just like he just like goes to town on these guys it's like typical batman occam like fight sequence and then he beats these guys and then creedy's the last one left and then creedy like uh, empties an entire mag of his revolver into him to say why won't you die and like he grabs him like strangles him and says you know uh, 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 under this mask is not flesh it is an idea and ideas are bulletproof <laughs> that's what i'm saying i'm glad you never saw a face reveal because yeah. then people could project their image onto his mask as the exactly idea, exactly which is yeah so anyway so um but yeah basically that's it so then v basically he like walks back to the to the, the, the the train uh, Evie basically like you know they have their final moment together then Evie puts him on puts him but like puts him on the table on the train so he can go with the train obviously on the explosion that could be his, sort of his funeral and his mm-hmm. farewell and uh, yeah basically yeah basically yeah the the the, 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 the they blow up parliament and then yeah basically the revolution happens happens and the, yeah. the regime is taken down yeah I assume I like that very poetic film very very nice approach because he's a one-man army so he uses like guerrilla tactics and espionage to break yeah. them down because obviously if he just went in guns blazing he couldn't do that forever he would yeah get, he would get outnumbered yeah exactly so his, his approach is ingenious yeah he exactly. probably draws inspiration from the count of monte cristo the count of monte cristo as i yes. said i say probably because i haven't seen it but yeah I imagine that's where he gets a lot of ideas. Like, okay, that's not a bad idea. Let's do that. Let's do yeah. That. Which is great. So I, I'm really impressed by this film. I recommend it, hands down. I yeah. have nothing wrong with this movie at all. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing wrong with this movie either. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not as well-versed in the Alan Moore. It is Alan Moore. Yeah, Alan Moore. Sort of um, comic books, projects and DC stuff. I'm not that invested as, as you are. So... You might know a bit more, but for me, as a standalone, I'm very impressed. Exactly. Very good. That's why I stayed awake through it. Not that it was boring, but I was so tired, and I was like, no, I'm finishing this. This I'm invested. I'm invested. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Yeah, Sorry, sorry. No, I was going to say, they actually wanted to make a Viva Vendetta TV series, and I was just like, oh my gosh. But this is obviously, this is before, you know, Unspecified Virus, and uh, I think probably the Unspecified Virus, that means that they probably put the project away, and I'm like, good, don't ever do it. This movie's perfect. This Start movie, a fire with it. This movie's perfect. Don't touch it. Mm. We don't need a series or anything. But yeah, so... Um, but yeah, no. Any shots Any shots that you liked? No. I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> I was so disappointed in myself. I'm sure everyone is like, this idiot, he's usually the one that likes these things. I've got nothing that blew my mind. I was very tired and I struggled to focus. And I towards the second half, I was like, no, I have to find something that really impresses me. But no. I'm very surprised, Mr. DOP. I'm very surprised with myself as well. Like, usually I, I, I take shots that are eye-catching. Yeah. But I think more the the um, similar shots for yeah. those connections I was talking about earlier. Like, when she's under the bed, that scene yeah. she goes through t- twice. When they're getting dressed, they have the same shot for different scenes yeah. entirely. Yeah. Those, that I'll definitely give as a DOP. Yeah, okay. Um... I have a couple of shots that I liked. I like the shot where um, I like the shot uh, uh, the bit when he goes to go fight that would go kill that right wing anchor guy because the right wing anchor guy used to be like a, a, a captain or a commander or whatever. Like that. He was in the military and uh, in the shower. Yeah, yeah. When he killed him in the shower, and uh, the thing is, there's that bit where like he falls obviously to the ground, and then there's that shot where he's sort of looking up at V, and V's sort of standing there with like his cape, and his cape sort of like 
almost covering most of his chest. That's definitely that that is a that is a perfect Batman shot because that's often what happens with Batman. Because often in the comic books and even in some of the, the the cartoon stuff, you often see those shots where Batman's just standing there and then like the cape sort of like 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 encompasses around him and it sort of like covers almost his entire body. So you just see basically his head, the cowl, and basically the cape. So like it was a very like Batman esque type shot. And even when when Lean like leans in, he's on his knees. That's a very cool. And you're looking up at him. That's a very cool shot. And I also love the shot. Um, it could be purely coincidental, but what I love is that that bit where after obviously there's the whole knife fight sequence at the end. That's that's very that's cool. cool. Just from a, just the overall sequence is really awesome to watch. But um, afterwards, when obviously he's killed everybody, and obviously. You know, he takes out. He had he had a Nazi armor chest that plate that he put in front of his that he put underneath his shirt. So obviously that is obviously what protected him from the bullets, but obviously not fully protected yeah, him. Just got through. It, it just allowed him to basically like you know withstand Whoa. withstand all the shots and everything. And then the part where like he where like he's walking down the tunnel and like he falls against Ooh. the thing and like he like sort of like you know he like leans up with his arm to carry on walking and then when you leave when you see the blood on the wall it like sort of makes out a V which I thought was awesome. It is pretty cool. I didn't notice the V shape, but I know the scene you talked. Well, it sort of it looked it looked it sort of looked like a V. And I was like, ah, okay, cool. Same with the fireworks at the end. Yeah, exactly with the v. the v. Yeah, very very cool. Nice. Well, that'd be it for you. Yeah, from yeah. Shots. Yeah, that's basically it for me in terms of shots. I really liked. Takeaway. Takeaway. Um. McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's. Uh. Uh. Definitely, just how to adapt, just adapting things well, and just how to do pacing, how to like squash so much mm. information into one movie and still, and yet still make it interesting and still make it investing like, that the audience wants to watch it all the way through. And they can follow it like it's concise. It's very good definitely a takeaway of mine as well i think i think uh, another takeaway i would take is if it's if it can be done incorporate what they did to draw uh subconscious connections between characters yeah. through the mirroring mirroring of scenes yeah like when she's getting when they're both getting dressed at the same time mm-hmm. like they've never met yet but we already know there's a connection subconsciously yeah. that kind of stuff is very ingenious and i'd yeah. like to implement that yeah that is very ingenious but mm. yeah that would be my main takeaway what would be your rating uh how many hours did i sleep four <laughs> there we go <laughs> no, i'm joking um definitely a 10 i got nothing i got nothing wrong with this movie 10 for me as well perfect movie nice perfect Hand, hands down nothing wrong with it no plot holes that i could work out um nothing that severely irritated me yeah. nothing out of place it felt felt just right chef's kiss chef's kiss yeah, yeah. 10 out of 10 but yeah no, th- thanks very much for watching this episode guys i'm logan and this is kevin we are cinema suitcase uh, if you like this video, please like, share, and subscribe. And if you have any feedback, please just leave it down in the comments below or write us a review on one of our podcast platforms. But yeah, thanks, thanks guys. guys.